Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Today, I am speaking to the wonderful Veronica Kalanis. She is a coach and she's the founder of Vulnerable AF. And we are talking about vulnerability in this episode. We're talking about what it means to be vulnerable. We get into the line between vulnerability and oversharing because I don't know about you, but I have definitely crossed that line from time to time. Oversharing can be something that we are probably all done from time to time. And I just love how Veronica explains where the line is, how we can find a way to keep in tune with our own integrity and with what we we really want to share. We talk about the importance of doing uncomfortable things. (laughs) No one wants to do uncomfortable things. They're uncomfortable. And yet... They are so, so important if we want to move forward, if we want to get ourselves unstuck, if we want to grow and expand into what's possible for us. And I love Veronica's take on this. And we also talk about how to get out of your head and into your body, how to tune in to your instincts, your intuition about what's right for you. So I'd love to invite you over to my website to get some free resources to help you on your journey to calmness and confidence. You can head over to karma-u.com and enter your email address on that page. I've got a free anxiety toolkit. I've got a free confidence affirmations MP3 for you. And I know that these tools will really support you in your life, in feeling better, feeling more empowered and helping you to get to where you want to get to in your life. So let's get into the interview with Veronica Kaulanis. Welcome, Veronica. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Can you share a bit about what it is that you do and how you help people? Yeah. So I am a mentor for women and I help women overcome comparison and be more brave. So I I teach workshops around vulnerability, connection and courage. Sounds amazing. And is it, I don't know if this is normal, but just knowing that we're going to talk about vulnerability, I almost feel a bit scared to even talk about it, to even, because it feels vulnerable to even talk about that topic. I think, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's something that so many of us try to avoid or run away from, or we're kind of blocked in that area. Mm -hmm. So I really am looking forward to having this conversation with you. Mm. Can you, um, so what does, I mean, what is vulnerability? Let's start there, shall we? How do we, how do you define that? 
Vulnerability is truth. Yeah, it's like, it's the courage to take off the mask and yeah, really take responsibility for your truth. And it's risky and it's scary and it's uncomfortable. It never feels comfortable. (laughs) At the point where where vulnerability does feel really comfortable, it's probably because there's something that's a layer deeper (laughs) that wants to be shared and wants to come out. So, yeah, that's what I see. Interesting. Because I think I said this to you that when we first met, oh, you know, vulnerability must just be easy for you because you teach this. And it's this assumption that we have. And I often talk to people about this in terms of confidence. We look at people who are confident and we think they, they're just, they've got it all figured out. They, they never doubt themselves. Mm. And actually, it's, that's not the way it is. So I have to ask, is, are, you, are you somebody that finds it easy to, to be open, to take off the mask? What's, what's that experience like for you? It's a practice. It's a it's a muscle. It's a month muscle that I'm I'm always working on. It's like going to the gym. You know, it's like it's it's yeah, it's it's like I consider it like a, a practice, like a daily practice and a ritual. I've worked on it a lot, so it is a bit more easier for me than a lot of people I work with, let's say. But because I've done the work or I've done work on it, and it doesn't mean that. I'm done and I don't need to do, I don't need to like practice it anymore. I don't, I don't get, I don't get scared. Like I am, it, it always scares me and it's always uncomfortable. And there's always the risk of my biggest fear is happening. If I share something really brave, if I share, if I, when I speak from my heart and I speak from my, speak from truth, right. There's always a risk, no matter what, no matter how many times I've, been vulnerable, no matter how much I teach vulnerability, there's always a risk of, you know, rejection, abandonment, and all the things that come along with the fears of being vulnerable. So I wouldn't say it's easy for me, but it has been a lot of practice and work Mm. to get to a place where I can start being more comfortable with it. So it's kind of like going to the gym. It's something that we can with mm-hmm. daily practice and showing up for that and being open to that is something that can get easier or we can get stronger at or gets mm-hmm. easier but it never completely goes away because I suppose I, I often think like the definition of brave is you find something scary and you do it anyway if you don't find it scary then it's not brave it's something else it might be yeah. confidence it might be you know competency mm-hmm. and I wonder if invulnerability is the is that kind of embedded as well? The kind of, it feels a bit uncomfortable. That's what makes it vulnerable. If it's not, if it doesn't feel a bit uncomfortable, then yeah. it's something else. Yeah. Yeah. I like that definition of bravery and, and like, and look, like vulnerability doesn't have to be so serious all the time too. Like a lot of people are afraid of it because it does seem like this really dark and heavy thing. Right. Yes. And it doesn't have to be that way. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> It could also be really fun and really sexy and really like beautiful, right? With when you're sharing with the right person, right? It's really important to make sure you're also, you're not just spilling and just sharing anything with anybody, Mm. right? Because that's when the, all the fears start coming true, right? Because you're just, if you're, if you're sharing something with someone you don't necessarily trust, 
or doesn't deserve your vulnerability, mm. right? Then all the fears of like, oh, did I say too much? Was I too much? You know, all of that stuff comes up, yeah. right? So as far as being comfortable, yeah, like if there's, if it feels like if you're sharing, if, if there's something you want to share and it's deep and it's real and it's your truth and it gives you a little sensation, like, ooh, I know if I say this thing, either this could happen or that can happen. And the willingness to go for the, the thing that you know would bring you the most peace of mind mm. is, I think, the thing to listen to. Yeah. Well, when you first started speaking, I was thinking about kind of oversharing and how that can be a way that we we try to bond with people or we try to, I don't know, get people to like us or something. But that's a different kind of energy, I think. Do you do you kind of come across that in your work where people kind of go too much into like sharing too much or being too mm-hmm. open too soon? It's not like the best thing for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I get that from my clients. And I also I've I experienced that in myself. Right. I'm I think like, we all have. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, just the other day, I, I, you know, uh, I was talking to one of my teachers and I was, you know, telling her about, you know, my, my breakup and, and, you know, like kind of the, the things that him and I were dealing with. And she's like, you're sharing too much. You're mm. giving away your power. Mm, okay. I was like, Ooh, that's a good reminder. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's like the oversharing, the explaining yourself. Right, needing the the feelings of needing to explain and prove. Right, so no, so if you have something that feels like an edge to share, mm. and you know, oh, like I'm not sure if it's the right thing, or I don't know, should I should I say this thing? Think about your intention behind it. Like, is your intention to get something? Mm. Right, is your intention to prove something? Is your intention to get love, right? Is your intention to manipulate, right? Like Mm. there's all the shadowy aspects to, you know, to speaking, right? And that's that's when it's not coming from the heart and truth. Mm. That's not vulnerability. Mm. That's oversharing and that's crossing boundaries and that's just like spilling, right? So if you can like go into like, I'm sharing this because this is my truth. And I have no attachment to what, you know, you think about Mm -hmm. it or, you know, or like, yeah, of course we're human. You want, if there's a, an intention to connect, right. That's vulnerability and intention to, to, to create deeper connection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and no attachment to the outcome. Right. Yeah. That's truth. And that's, that's vulnerability and that, that, creates deeper connection and that allows people to see your heart yeah that's very deep and interesting (laughs) that and I'm trying to resist the urge to like go back in my mind like oh what was my intention when I said this or to overthink it because I wonder if you know people hearing this on the anxious side everyone listening to this might be like oh another thing I need to sort of worry about and like and and so often I think when you're anxious Mm -hmm. and you have social anxiety you're like trying to control how other people think about you. So like you're, mm. you're holding yourself back or you're, you know, it's, you don't, cause you're scared of rejection. You're scared of abandonment, that sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, I don't know if you have anything to say to people who are, who are like, oh, I don't want to 
how do I not overthink this? How do I like get back to like the, yeah. the essence of this? Yeah, that's a good question. So if you're sharing, if you if you have the mind or the racing thoughts that are your inner dialogue, I call it, you know, your inner critic telling you, oh, don't say this. You shouldn't say that. Why did you do that? Mm. You messed up. That was wrong. That was too much. That was too little. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, me too. And if you're overthinking, if you're like in a place where there's something you want to share and you have a truth that you know is truth and you're over and you find yourself overthinking, take a breath and really check in with yourself. Is this the right time to share? Mm. Maybe it's not. And that's okay. Is this what I want to share? Is this my truth? Can I be okay with the outcome? Can I still love myself despite the outcome? Mm. That's mm. The, the thing to think about, the questions to ask yourself. Like it, when your mind is racing, like, oh my God, is this right? Is this the right thing? Right? Go back to, can, can I still love myself anyway despite Mm. the result yeah 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 so that's probably the most important part of it isn't it we can't control what other people think or how they feel and our relationship with ourselves and how we can be with ourselves when we've spoken Mm -hmm. even if it's in air quotes the wrong thing I don't know if there there quite often isn't a wrong thing I mean some, some situations there are a wrong thing to say but Usually we turn things into like right or wrong, don't we? There isn't really a kind of right or wrong. We kind of label it that. But can we, yeah, be kind to ourselves, even if we feel like we've said the wrong thing? Yeah. And and I love what you said about being kind to yourself. There's always, for every negative thought, there's a positive intention. Mm -hmm. Right? We think that negative thoughts have, have negative intentions to it. I did a hypnotherapy session with one of my friends this morning and I I felt stuck at one point and I hated that. Like I was like, oh, why do I feel stuck? And I was like in my head and I like, and he encouraged me to welcome the stuckness. And when I welcomed it and stopped resisting it, I just like welcomed it. Like, oh, hello. Thank you. Thank you for coming again. Yeah. <laughs> It gave me freedom, right? So that and I when I thought about, oh, what's the positive intention for a stuckness? Or whenever I feel stuck, like the stuckness has tried to protect me and try to keep me safe. Right. That's why whenever I feel stuck, it's only because I'm trying to protect myself mm-hmm. or I'm trying to keep myself safe. Right. And there's a positive intention for that, right? Because when I'm safe, then I don't get hurt. Right. So allowing yourself to welcome the negative thoughts too and not because when you resist it and repress it then it turns into something different yeah I love that yeah it's interesting that idea of everything has a positive intention I think most of us don't realize that but when you dig deeper you find that that is the case you know and even every behavior that we have has a positive intention even if it's like a self-sabotaging behavior there's some kind of good thing it's often about trying to keep ourselves safe or trying to Mm trying to comfort ourselves or something like that but yeah it's really interesting to think about it in that way mm-hmm. and that stuck I know that stuck feeling so well like in a session of hypnotherapy or coaching or something like when you're most stuck it's like usually you're not far from like 
a breakthrough or like something really good happening yeah. on the other side if you can just get through that like if you can change your relationship with it or yeah 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 versus like oh why do I feel stuck right yeah. there's this negative connotation to the the negative feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. yeah yeah so can you share a bit about what are some of the things that you've noticed in your clients that they struggle with when it comes to vulnerability and being brave like what sort of situations or what sort of challenges do, do people tend to have um comparison inner critic imposter syndrome feeling like a fraud um not feeling good enough in you know with with the skill sets that they already have being vulnerable as a leader mm-hmm. like expressing vulnerably as a leader and that ties into the imposter syndrome of like, oh, well, because I have this title or I'm ambitious and I'm, you know, I have a company or I'm, you know, whatever, whatever leadership role some people have, they think that with that, they can't be vulnerable or can't express their feelings or express themselves. So I'm in service to the full self-expression of people, of leaders and yeah, overcoming comparison and, and jealousy. And yeah, because this, because I've experienced that a lot recently myself. Right. Yeah. In this, like, as I, whatever, however I'm expanding and shifting in my life is, is a result or a, a mirror and a reflection of what my clients and my future clients are going to be expanding mm. and changing and shifting through as well. So, yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Me too. And, I think there's sometimes that pressure, no matter, I know, I, I, we, we know what it's like as coaches, you're helping people with this thing. And sometimes you're going to get affected by the thing as well. Like I help people oh, with anxiety. Yeah. Sometimes I feel anxious. I'm not calm all the time. Yeah. People expect me to be calm all the time. I'm not, it's like a work <laughs> in progress. But there can be that kind of imposter syndrome that can come in. Like, hang on, who am I to like do this if I'm not perfect? I think it comes down right. to, I think we need to like be perfect somehow. And I know that, so many different professions have that I've got you know a group of friends who are doctors and they say that they experience that and you know that sense of I'm not good enough or Mm. um, imposter syndrome can you share a bit about your experience of that or the sorts of things that have helped you to kind of navigate to any of those Mm. yeah what's helped me recently is noticing where I've in situations where that were scary, noticing or in situations that were scary, in situations where I've made mistakes as a leader, as a coach, as a partner, that I had power in every choice that I made and didn't make. And the choice that the choices that I made were just like the choice that I made. And there's power in every choice, whether it's the right choice or the wrong choice. Right. It's like there's power in it. And um just recognizing that. Recognizing also like the shame spirals. Like if you ever if you're someone who's gone through shame spirals, like I went through a shame spiral recently. I made a mistake, you know, in at work at the end of the year and I went through this like big shame spiral and mm-hmm. like went into a shame cave. Right. And what got me out of that was recognizing my power, right? Recognizing the power of my choices 
And also like recognizing that shame was a cop-out for me to avoid looking at the truth and the deeper thing. Mm. So in like really, really being honest, like honest from a place of like responsibility and not like shame and blame and projection and blaming other people like, oh, it was because of this. It was because of them. It was because blah, blah, blah. It's like full ownership of like, this is what I did. This is what happened. I could have done this differently and I didn't. And um, loving myself anyway forgiving myself, loving myself. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So power and choices, recognizing where you're like numbing and like using your thoughts about yourself as like a coping mechanism mm-hmm. to like prevent you from doing the thing that you said you would do or the thing that you really want to do. And um, yeah, of course, like, truth and vulnerability and like, and responsibility. Mm. Yeah. So there's so much there. So, (laughs) so is it almost that, do you think that our thoughts are somehow a way of numbing or kind of escaping from dealing with something or facing it head on or? Mm. Do you think our thoughts are a way of getting out of dealing with something? Yeah, sometimes. Mm. Because if you're constantly here, like it, in your head, you're not going into and not going into the body. Mm. It's really hard to really connect to like the truth and the deeper thing if you're constantly up in your head, right? Because your head is, yeah, there's your, your effort, like your, your thoughts and your mind is a gift, right? And there's messages and there's, you know, um, you know, our, our, our minds are meaning making machines, right? But if you can somehow drop into the heart, which is what I help my clients do, drop into the body, drop into the heart, breathe. There's also messages down there too. Mm, yeah. So it's like, you're like, it's kind of like you're like operating 10% <laughs> when you're just constantly here and then believing the thoughts are arising like oh that like if you have it like let's say you're you're anxious or you're worried and blaming and in this in this rat race or in this hamster wheel of thoughts if you're just listening to the thoughts it's it's kind of like you're like running around in in a mall just looking for the same store looking for the same shirt and not finding anything (laughs) and then if you're not going into your heart like okay Mm. what is my heart saying what does my heart need what am I, what's really there? Mm. And then going down into your body, like your gut, like your instinct, right? It's all like, you're like your animal. That's mm. the deeper thing too. Like, ooh, like what is, what is the truth? And being with that and loving that part anyway. Yeah. I've, I've heard before people say that we'll, we'll overthink things to avoid having to feel because it's like a distraction or it's mm-hmm. like a, Maybe it's easier. Maybe we think it's easier to think about stuff and to have to feel. We're not very good at feeling, are we, mm-hmm. in our culture? And so, yeah, so actually connecting with, we talk about the animal, like your body. Yeah. To see, put this part of yourself that has so much wisdom and we can't always get the answers from yeah. our cognitive 
state. Yeah. And it's like, and you can, you, there, I mean, there's answers there, right? But if you find yourself continuing to go to the same place every day, there's probably something that you're not, that you're afraid of, or there's something that you're not really owning and taking responsibility for. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I think, I think like you, I wanted to answer your question about like the cop out. Oh, okay. Peace. Mm-hmm. From people who struggle with meditation. And if you're closing your eyes and you're like, you're like, oh my God, no, I'm thinking about this thing. I'm doing that, blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's, it's, there's probably something there where you're like afraid of, you know, your darkness. Like don't, you're going in, like closing your eyes and you're like avoiding something. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a blame or a shame. It's just like noticing and being aware of like, oh yeah, like I'm afraid to just sit here. Like what is, why can't I just sit here and just like be with myself? You know, like mm-hmm. just recognizing we're constantly like going for like the comfort of the like anxiousness or the comparison or the void or like you know, all the things. Yeah. So we don't want to be with our darkness. I hear, hear people can say, I can't, I don't like to be alone with my thoughts. There's some people that just don't want to be alone at all. They want to be constantly having engagements mm-hmm. with people that maybe have, you know, has not been possible in COVID times. A lot of people yeah. have had to face themselves and have found that things are kind of coming up to the surface because you haven't got that distraction so much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's interesting when you think about facing your darkness. Can we talk a bit about how to know when it's the right time to be vulnerable mm. and what to do if it kind of backfires? Like, say you kind of open up to your boss and it just doesn't go well. They don't respond to you how they how you wanted them to. Like, do you have advice for people in that sort of situation or for knowing when is kind of the right time to be vulnerable? Yeah. So going back to responsibility, right? Like make sure that whatever truth you have to share, it's coming from like your willingness to be responsible for the outcome, the consequences, the, the actions, like making sure like if you're sharing something, you're willing to be responsible for like what happens and what doesn't happen, right? So if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, can you come from a place of like full ownership of like, okay, I knew that. I knew that that was a possibility. Mm. <laughs> there was a risk there and I took it, right? And can I be happy with that decision or like be with the crappiness of it, right? Whatever it is. And yeah, and it always comes back to like a, a place of, of love and, and, and like self-love. Like can you, can you still love yourself anyway? Right. Cause that's the big fear around it is like, oh no, I said this thing and then now this happened and blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, can you be gentle with yourself and have compassion for yourself? And like, can you clean it up? Right. There's like this fear. I'm like, oh, if I say something, if I say the wrong thing, nothing's the wrong thing. Right. It's like, if you're speaking from your truth, right. And you know, there's a, you created like a safe space to speak, to be vulnerable, to be authentic. And you know, it's like, it's the right space. You checked in with your boss. Like, Hey, can I have this? Hey, like, I, I have something I just want to share with you. That's in my, that's been on my mind since our last conversation. Do you have a uh, 30 minutes to talk? Mm. Right. Yeah. Making sure that like you're taking responsibility for like the space you're creating, you know, making sure that the other person is okay 
with the vulnerability and the, and the conversation. Yeah. Right. Because like, once you create that, then there's no, like, then it's, it's harder to, to make yourself wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. If something were to go the way you hoped for. Yeah. And then also just being, just notice your expectations. Are you having expectations? Are you putting expectations on this other person to give you what you want? Right. Just like whatever it is that you're sharing, whatever truth you have, make sure it's just like coming from like full ownership, full truth, responsibility and love. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that about kind of checking in with them, letting them know maybe about what the conversation is going to be about a little bit before. Yeah. Like just bursting into the room and kind of blurting something out. It's not like, not about doing that. It's about yeah. maybe asking if it's okay to have like a bit of a difficult conversation or something. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like saying like, Hey, like I have something, I have that, just have something like on my space I want to share with you. And it's been, so it's, you know, it's, it's difficult or, you know, or it feels like, um, yeah, like I have something that like, like I just want to share with you that like, has been difficult for me to share. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, also want to make sure that like you let them know like, oh, hey, it's not like um, nothing's wrong or like it's not like nothing bad happened. Right. I yeah. just have something that, that I just need to share with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you in this? Are you in a place for that? Right. Because, you know, for some of my clients, too, like they think like, oh, like, I'm just going to go tell my boyfriend how I feel. <laughs> and you know you have to you also have to check in with the other person that you're about to share something very deep with because that mm. whatever you share could have a big impact on that person yeah yeah and like also after you share you can ask the question like oh how is that for you to hear mm. yeah go where are you that way it gives the person like opportunity to be, oh well like that was really hard or thank you mm. Or like, oh, I'm feeling angry about what you just said, right? And then you can, you get to choose how you get to respond to that, Yeah. right? Yeah, I know that if I, with my partner, if I just kind of spring something on him, it, it like, he can't, he can't like, he needs to be said, right, can we have a discussion about this? You know, can we have a discussion about like our big life plans? If I like spring it on him at dinner, then he doesn't respond very well to that. But if I say like, can we have a conversation about this? Like yeah. Later today, like, are you okay to do that? And he'll be like, No, actually, I need to, I need to have my heads in my work. Like, can we talk about it tomorrow or something? Yeah. Um, that seems to work better. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. Then it's like you, then it's like you take the pressure off of them too, mm. and you just like take full responsibility for your vulnerability too. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting talking about responsibility. Like a lot of people I've heard recently say like, this is like the key to everything, like taking responsibility for yourself in like every situation. Like, but it's quite, it's one of those things that like, it's, it is quite hard to hear mm-hmm. if you feel like you're kind of like the victim of your circumstances or like your, like my mental health is this way because my parents were like this or like, yeah. So I'm always like, I'm always kind of like, I kind of, part of me knows like the responsibility thing is true. There's a part of me that really resists it and kind of, so I don't know. Can you share a bit more about that? It's yeah. kind of a nuanced kind of topic, I think, or a bit of a tricky topic. I've been really into that recently. I mean, one of my teachers that I've been like really into and like listening to, and um, I just did like a really in- a big workshop with her over the weekend, Perry Chase. She talks a lot about victim consciousness. Mm. She's a little triggering if, you know, some people like, don't like her or you like love her. Like I love her. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, 
talks a lot about like victim consciousness and like how to be responsible for your truth, right? Then there's also Lynn Forrest that I've been really into recently. She's, she created this formula called the, the reality formula. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like this triangle and the bottom of it is victim. And it's, it's like victim and observer is like where you want, you want to observe, be the observer of the victim and where it's coming from. So like, and it all stems from like our nervous system and how we react to things. So you might like for me, I'm a rescuer. There's a rescuer and then there's a persecutor, right? So if you're coming from the victim, like if you're a rescuer like me, you want that you feel guilty and you want to like fix and help, right? Because Mm -hmm. you feel bad and because like, you know, you want to like be like the savior or, you know, the other side of it is like, if you're nervous, if like when you, you know, are activated by something and your initial response is to fight, like mine is, mine is freeze normally, if your initial response is to fight, then you're going to blame, project, shame, right? And it's just like noticing those behaviors or like the thing that you naturally go to, right? And being a witness of it, like an observing of it and witnessing without judgment. Like, oh, okay. Oh, there I am <laughs> rescuing again, <laughs> right? She talks a lot about like how our, our thoughts about ourselves really create the reality that we're in. So if you think that you're a victim to whatever circumstances you're in, there is a big part of you like liking it and staying there and like choosing it, choosing to stay there, mm-hmm. right? You can blame and shame and guilt and judge your reality all you want, right? But there is a part of you that like you're staying there because you're, you you want to stay there and because you like really believe of that about yourself, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, it's hard to hear. It's like, I know if you're listening, it could be like really triggering or like, you know, you could be like, Veronica, I don't agree. (laughs) It's like, it's a nuanced thing for me, myself too. Like, cause I I really, like, I want something to blame sometimes. I really do. And I know that like everything that has happened in my life, you know, despite the circumstances I was born into, like the reality I was born into or like things that happened to me that were that that I didn't ask for or like I didn't that I didn't want Mm -hmm. right that's true and there's also like this realm of like seeing it from like okay where is my role in that like how can I take full responsibility for that situation in my life and and am I am I staying am I choosing to stay there or is there part of me that like is willing to witness that witness that part of me that is not a victim. Right. And how can I like witness that part of me in full ownership and full responsibility? So yeah, it's like, it's easy to go into victim, like, Oh my God, like this happened to me. Yeah. Right. And when I, whenever that, whenever those feelings come up or those thoughts come up, think about, okay, like, how can you reframe that? Like, okay, this, this happened for me and not to me. It's so much more powerful mm-hmm. to shift that consciousness to the for me, right? Even if it's a bad situation, even if it's something that like, you're like, oh my God, this was like, this was horrible, right? How can anybody go through this, right? Because you, is there a part of you that could really like 
think about, okay, like what's the lesson for me to learn here? What's the gift in this, despite how horrible it made me feel or how horrible it it is looking down, like what is here for me to learn? Mm. That's really powerful. I um, had a grief expert on my podcast I interviewed this morning and she said a big kind of indicator of how well people do with adversity is the story that they tell themselves about it and mm. if they can turn it if they can make meaning from it so if you you can turn this horrible thing that's happened into actually this is something that's somehow helping me to learn or grow or to help other people that can change our whole kind of experience of it and I know from my own experience if I can get I can get into this mindset of like there's anxiety in my family like this person in my family was like depressed like that's the way, that's the reason I struggle with things. There's nothing I can do about it. But when I'm in that mindset, I, it stops me from helping myself because mm. I, I like give my power away. Yeah. Like you were saying before about power being really important. I know that I'll, I might wallow in that for a bit. And then I have to realize actually, if I think that I'm a victim to this, my circumstances or my DNA or whatever, my upbringing, I don't then try to help myself. I sort of think, oh, yeah. this is it. Like nothing I can do. So. Yeah. Or imagine how powerful it would be if you put that, all that energy that you put into blaming mm. into actually like creating. Like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause it, we don't realize it, but there's a lot of energy being put into like the things that we don't have or blaming and shaming and like wallowing in something. Right. And there's a lot more power and like, okay how can I take all this energy that I'm using in this area and put it towards something that would actually serve me or something that would actually be bigger than me or into the things that would, that would actually make me happy or wouldn't, or would be the opposite of the thing that I'm complaining about. Mm, Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Lots to think about. (laughs) Um, Hmm. So when you work with clients, do you almost like, you say that it's a daily practice to be vulnerable. Is that like, should you like go to your life and be like, right, where am I holding myself back or where am I not speaking up and like do an audit of it? Or like, do you have any kind of practical advice for people who want to do something, make a change in, in this area? I would say with, in regards to vulnerability, you know, vulnerability doesn't always have to be sharing with someone, right? You can, you can be vulnerable with yourself journal, you know, if you're like you're a heady person, write down, write stuff down. Like me, I'm, I'm heady. Believe it or not, even though I talk about like going into my body, I, the reason why I talk about that is because I'm so heady. So I have to go into my body. Yeah. So I write things down. I shared, like share like one truth about myself, right? Whatever it is, maybe it is calling someone and sharing something you've been withholding, like a withhold, like something you've been holding back and sharing like the reason why you're sharing that is because you want a deeper connection or is because you want to create something new. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't just like share, I've been withholding this from you and then like leave them there. <laughs> so make sure like, you know, it's because you you want to create a new space with this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sharing every day, writing, speaking, speaking from truth, doing something brave every day, like something new, something different. Yeah, just stepping out of your comfort zone and, and like, and all doing that from, you know, ownership and, and love and responsibility, not, not from a, I have to do this, but like, wow, 
I want to do this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I know just thinking about different things that I've done and that I felt really vulnerable. And then afterwards you feel so good that like you feel like you feel a boost inside because you've, you've challenged yourself and you've, you've not died and you feel better in the future about sharing more. And it's one of those things where it's so hor- it can be feel so awful at the time, but then afterwards yet you feel really good about yourself. Yeah, so totally. Yeah. So I had one one final thing. I won't ask you too many questions, even though I'd love to okay. for hours on end. But, um, <laughs> I read something on your Instagram that was really interesting. How you judge and analyze others is how you judge yourself. Mm. Can you can you share about what you what you mean by that? So I, yeah, my work, I talk a lot about like shadow work and like the making the unconscious conscious, right? And and meaning like there are these subconscious thoughts that we have about ourselves that we reflect and deflect onto other people. So if there's someone or something in the world that triggers you or activates you or causes some kind of sensation in your body there's probably, it, there's, it's probably like a reflection of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like uh, something that one of my teachers said, she said, the world is a mirror for your triggers. Right. So wherever you're judging or analyzing someone else, there's probably a place in you where you're judging and analyzing yourself. Mm. Right. So like for an example of that is I judge women who are really like light and like feminine and like airy and like like sweet and kind like I like or who don't work (laughs) I judge them like and I and I'm like annoyed like they annoy me and like I just want to be mean to them or I just want to like judge them right Mm -hmm. like why don't you work? <laughs> or why are you so nice? Are you fake? Like, <laughs> you know, like, and if I really, really own that, wherever I'm, the, the judgment I have about them is, wow, I really love that women or like that woman that I'm judging is really like, okay with herself mm. and it, and really allows herself to be free and do whatever she wants. And I really, I really, I really love that that woman, you know, takes things really easy and isn't so hard on herself. And she like is really easy and outgoing or mm-hmm. like really like nice to get along with and kind. Mm-hmm. And that's a reframe. And also that is a reflection of where I don't allow myself to not work. Or I don't allow myself to, you know, have fun and just be free and not be so hard on myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all, we've all got something like that where we're, where we're, so we're suppressing something in ourselves and then we kind of like project it onto someone else or make someone else wrong for being that because we, we kind of want to be like that or we have that. Yeah. We'd like to be like that. Right? So, yeah. But we don't allow ourselves to be. So it's like, how come she can be like yeah. that? Or, yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. And it's like, and we spend so much time and energy putting into like, what's wrong with that person? Mm. Right. Like, oh, she's so annoying. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, what is the thing that's annoying you? And where don't you allow yourself to have that? And what part in you are you judging about yourself that you don't get to have that? Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I'm going into now is comparison and envy, mostly because I've experienced that very much in my life. And, um, you know, I'm teaching a workshop about comparison in a couple of weeks. And the thing I really want to go into is, you know, those parts in you where you're comparing yourself to someone else is a reflection of your own self-judgment for not having that or not, or feeling like you don't deserve to have that. Mm, Yeah. 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 So we can use that to get to know ourselves more and get to know what we need to like heal in ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. Mm. That's like, you know, I'll give one more example. Like for me personally, like there was someone last year that I was like really jealous of, or I, I compared myself to her because she made so much more money than me and she was like killing it. And I was comparing myself to her and I, and I was jealous, like deep like underneath that was a desire underneath my jealousy and comparison was a desire to have that, but I didn't feel worthy enough of having that. Mm-hmm. So it's like the self-judgment that comes up, you know, whenever we're judging someone else, it's probably, there's a place inside of you where you're judging yourself about not having it or having it. So, so, so good to to explore so deep, (laughs) so deep. And it's like, it feels like quite yucky to like even think about this, even admit that we have those sorts of judgments for other people, but I think we all do. And we can use it as something to, to shine the light back on ourselves and think actually what needs to be healed in me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to speak to like, like the yucky feeling, like, don't be afraid of the yucky. Because deep inside of you, there is, there is something yucky when you're not like owning it and being responsible for it and like getting, being honest about it. Right. Like there's, there's, there's beauty in in the yuck. Like if you go inside the muck, don't stay in the muck. (laughs) But if you can go out yourself to like go underneath the dirt and get really honest about it, there's actually gold underneath the dirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that from experience. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> gonna get mucky everyone <laughs> just the muck yes. oh so so good thank you so much thank you shared. I feel very inspired you give me lots to think about where can people find out more about you and what you're what you offer and yeah anything that you're doing yeah so I I lead monthly workshops online I'm in Bali so I I, I do lead some workshops here in person now but you can attend a workshop online. So my workshop is called Vulnerable AF. And then I also, depending on the outcome or the what's what's alive, like I I I do different topics. So the next topic that I'm talking about is comparison. On how you can find me is you can go on my website, ronpickelinus.com. And then I'm really active on social media. So you can find me on Instagram mostly at, at vulnerable AF or at Veronica Kalinas. Amazing. Yeah. All the notes in the in the show notes and um Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. 
please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.